That's a clown question, bro. Hi, what's up, Anya? So I'm gonna kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's gonna be Johnny Hustle. And if you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome back to the show to be named later, part two of episode 40, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. We're talking the 2010 Rangers now. Hope you enjoyed part one of the episode, our a long, long edition of our specific player. Had to do it, had Barry Bonds. And now we're talking the 2010 Rangers. What was that? Didn't pass up an opportunity to do two hours on Barry Bonds. Yeah, you have you have to. You could do you could do an hour alone on two thousand one to two thousand four. And each season, yeah. Yeah, and each season, yeah. So now with the twenty ten Rangers, what exactly uh were the Rangers up to heading into the twenty ten season? Well, they had a promising eighty seven win season in two thousand nine, but they did miss the playoffs. In fact, they were the best record among AL teams who missed the playoffs when it was a big up year for them because in 2008, they were under 500. So they were up and coming. People expected a lot out of them, uh, but they did lose Kevin Millwood in a trade who was their pitching war leader in 2009. They signed 35-year-old Vlad Guerrero to be their starting DH. And they also signed Colby Lewis out of Japan. So that's what they were looking like on paper. But in spring training, Manager Ron Washington admitted to cocaine use uh, over the past season and offseason and whatnot, and the team had to rally around his recovery. So uh, they were facing a bit of adversity before the season even started with off-the-field stuff with, you know, their manager getting involved in drug use. And they had a really good start to the season with a really exciting game on opening day at home against the Blue Jays. Is like a full game recap. Here we are. A brand new start of it for the Texas Rangers, opening day 2010. Taking on the Toronto Blue Jays, Scott Feldman with his first career opening day start. First inning man on, Vernon Wells going to take Feldman yard. Home run for Wells, 2-0 Toronto. Bottom half of the inning, the Rangers facing Sean Markham on this day, and Markham had some mighty good stuff. Impressive considering he hadn't started since 2008. Pair of strikeouts there in the first. Bottom two, Vladimir Guerrero. First at bat as a Ranger. He gets hit in the back by Markham. You can smile about it, though. Vlad, plenty much okay. For the top of the third, Adam Lind down the right field line, keeps it fair. Home run for Lind, 3-0 Toronto. Feldman gives up those three runs in seven innings of work. Back to Markham, bottom six, working on a no-hitter. Puts down a pair of Rangers, six strikeouts for Markham at a no-no through six. In the seventh, though, guess who? It's Vladdy with the base hit, breaks up the no-hitter after six and a third innings. And then Nelson Cruz really broke it open. Nelson Cruz hits it in the air, right center field. That ball takes off to the track, to the wall. Did it! Gone! Three run! Home run! Go ahead to the top of the eighth. Bases loaded with Blue Jays. Neftali Feliz trying to keep him off the board. 0-2 pitch, 98 miles per hour. Vernon Wells drives it through the hole anyway. Jose Bautista scores. Jays grab a 4-3 lead. Hit the ninth. Nelson Cruz, runners on the corners, one down. And Cruz coming up 
clutch again. Down the right field line, extra bases for Cruz. Michael Young scores to tie it. Four RBIs in the ball game for Cruz. After an intentional walk, here's Salta Lamakia. Fraser comes set, and the pitch. Breaking ball, hit in the air, and playing deep to right center field. This is going to drop to a hit. A run will score, and the Texas Rangers have come back with two runs in the ninth inning to defeat the Blue Jays and Jason Fraser 5-4. A huge win for the Rangers, especially considering they were in danger of being no hit for much of this ball game. Feldman a no decision. He pitched well. The win goes to Frank Francisco, who pitched a scoreless top of the ninth inning. So not a bad start for the Rangers, but unfortunately, the first two months weren't exactly that great. They were 26 and 24 after May 31st, and they were one game back of the first place A's. In fact, they were the only team in the division with a positive run differential, the Rangers. So, you know, they weren't lighting the world on fire, but they were contending, and they were right there for the AL West first place. And the best offensive player on this team for the first two months was Vlad. He had a 921 OPS in this time. Also, the pitching was much better. They had the third-best ERA in the AL and the second-best pitcher war. Colby Lewis and C.J. Wilson both had sub-3-5 ERAs, so they were both looking really good. They were kind of treading water in April-May, and that leads to where they break away from the rest of the competition. In June, they go 21-6, and and they had a, they, that featured an 11-game win streak. Also, had a 3-4-0 team ERA in this month. That led the American League. Vladimir Guerrero, the 35-year-old designated hitter, slashed 356, 427, 622 for a 10-49 OPS and 173 weighted runs created plus. Michael Young, also an older guy, slashed 317, 317, 341, 575 for a 916 OPS and 137 weighted runs created plus. Julio Borbon, not even a guy who is known for his offensive production from the batter's box. He slashed 356, 400, 517, 917 in 96 plate appearances. And it was the only month where he had an OPS above 700. So this, this was a sign of the June they were having. Even Julio Borbon was getting in the mix. Josh Hamilton, the 2010 MVP, he won Player of the Month and for obvious reasons, slashed 454, 482, 815 for a 1297 OPS, had a 553 weighted on base average, and the next best was 479. So he was about he was 70, 80 points above the rest of the competition when it came to weighted on base average also had 248 weighted runs created plus and the next best was 205 who's 43 above the rest of the competition also he was a he was almost a full win better than any other player uh in the majors in just one month that's one month he was almost he a 2.7 war in this month yeah he was he was uh yeah almost a full win better than everyone else and uh the team was 4.5 games up in the division uh at the end of the month just far and away better uh than everyone else in the al west so now we enter the midsummer 
portion of this season. And on July 9th, the Rangers bolstered their rotation by bringing in Cliff Lee, the ace from the Mariners, to be their number one. And on July 10th, he made his Rangers debut. And although he didn't get the win, he won in our hearts. Chris, he probably had my favorite pitching performance that I've ever seen on a piece of paper. He pitched nine innings, allowed six earned runs, lost the game six to one, and he threw 95 pitches. He allowed three home runs, by the way. But this is the only line in the entire history of baseball going all the way back to 1904 where a pitcher threw exactly nine innings pitched, at least 600 runs, and 95 pitches or less. That has never happened since Cliff Lee. He's the only person to ever do it on that day, on his Rangers debut against the Orioles. And also, since 2001, no other pitching performance with an exact game score of 47 went nine innings pitched. Uh, Like I said, Cliff Lee had a game score of 47, no other game since 2001 with a game score of 47 went the distance and oh by the way there have been about 1800 of such game scores since 01 so he's one of almost 1800 so that was that was an adventure to look at and the rangers they sent six players to the all-star game in anaheim that year of course josh hamilton was there cliff lee was there even though he pitched most of that season for the mariners that's okay he's still with the rangers Vladimir Guerrero was there, Ian Kinsler was there, and also young guys like Neftali Feliz and Elvis Andrews were there. So that's the All-Star game. And then on July 16th, in a game in Boston, the newly acquired backup catcher Benji Molina did the impossible. He did probably the most unlikely thing he could have ever done in his career. The, uh, The monster yesterday, he homered up on top of it. the middle it goes Benji Molina has another hit starting all over again by being out in the bullpen Benji Molina to right field that ball taking off a little bit looking to get up there and it's dropped in right field by J.D. Drew Molina's going to end up at second base well Benji's starting to swing the bat now he hit the home run a bullet to third last night tonight he's got a hard hit up the middle and a long ball to right field would have been a home run in all in our ballpark Benji Molina cranks one into center field. It goes to the track. It goes to the wall. Benji Molina hits it out. A grand slam at Fenway. That trade's looking real good right now. Seven to three. The Rangers lead the Red Sox. Curtis Granderson sliding in to to make it five to four. There goes Benji again to center field. Now, could this be a triple? Come on. Benji, get going, kiddo. You got got the cycle, big guy. Get there. Get there. there. He did it. (laughs) Pigs have flown in Boston, Massachusetts. Absolutely great call that pigs have flown in Boston, Massachusetts. Benji Molina, that has to be the most improbable cycle of all time, right? Yeah, and the fact that it ended on that triple. Is That's the only place at Fenway where you could possibly hit a triple. And it had to be like, you know, bouncing off an outfielder's glove into the triangle. Like all those circumstances had to play out and they did. To quote uh, Brad Pitt in Moneyball, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Yep. Things yep. like that are happening. Beautiful. When Benji Molina is hitting a triple to complete the cycle. 
I mean, that's just that that is art. That is that is absolute art. That was like the original big man moment before Bartolo Colon hit the famous home run on May seventh, twenty sixteen. Like that was that was yeah. the big man moment for baseball. Yeah, that was the that was the winner at the time. And mm-hmm. then, you know, Bart Bartolo just he he reigns over reigns over everybody when it comes exactly. to that. So then, for the Rangers, uh, they they take that division lead and they carry it throughout the rest of the season. They continue to play good ball through the summer, and we're closing in on the division victory. And on September twenty fifth, they actually had a magic number of two, and they were facing the Oakland Athletics. Uh, so, and the Oakland Athletics were second in that division. So that meant, you know, if you're doing the math at home, that means that if they win, they win the division. So that leads to the game on September 25th, uh, where the game was tied 3-3, three to three, and Jorge Cantu was coming up to the plate. Jorge Cantu... Is coming up to the plate. Cantu, a drive, left center field. That ball taking off. Jorge Cantu hits it out. And what a day he's picked for the game of his Rangers life. Talk about words of slider. He throws it almost every pitch, and it's very good when he commands it. But when he hung that one, it was right in the hitter zone, and Cantu took advantage of it. So that takes the lead. That gives the Rangers the lead 4-3, to three, which carries it over to closing it out, where the rookie standout, Neftali Feliz, comes in. And he is going to give the Rangers what they've been trying to accomplish for the last six months. Asking Feliz to get a four-out save for only the second time here in 2010. A fly ball. The AL West title flag will fly in Arlington, Texas. Rangers are ALS champions and uh, they so you know they clinch the AL West and you think yeah maybe they'll they'll take the, the next couple of days off plot the next game a uh, you know a clinching hangover for sorts but instead of that they scored a season high 16 runs the next day. Then on September 29th of this 
fantastic 2010 season. Uh, you know, we talk about improbable with with Benji Molina's with Benji Molina's cycle, but this one, this one is right up there with Benji Molina's cycle. It's tied five to five, as you can see. It's there's two out and there's a man on first. You need like you need a double to drive him in. It gets away. A swing and a miss, and they got to throw out Nelly Cruz. swinging at the pitch there was a wild pitch and not taking it the best strikeout of nelly cruz's career will say so long seattle you know ron washington pushed all the right buttons for this team this year but i don't think i think no other button that he pushed was greater than the walk-off strikeout button right there yeah he uh exactly he it up. did the sign and yeah, pretty much played right in their hands. He, he knew the Mariners' weaknesses. He knows that if you, you know, in a 2-2 count, two outs, tie game, man on first, if they strike you out, they're not going to be able to complete the strikeout. Mm-hmm. And the Rangers uh, finished that season, obviously, American League West champions, and they finished the regular season with a record of 90-72. and 72. Right. Josh Hamilton, as Chris mentioned earlier, won MVP for that season. He led the, the league, the majors, in average 359, and he's still the last player to hit 350. He led slugging with a 633, OPS with a 1044, Woba with a 445, weighted runs created plus with a 175, F war with an 8.4, and B war with an 8.7. He also hit 32 home runs and 100 RBIs. He also set a Rangers slash Senators franchise record uh, for single season records in BABIP, Average, WOBA, and weighted runs created plus. And those still stand to this day. By the way, the Senators, that franchise goes all the way back to 1961. That's about 50 years of history we're talking about. Actually, no, 60 years if we're talking now, 50 years back then. And that, those all still stand for single season records. Also, yeah. Nefali Feliz won Rookie of the Year with a 2.73 ERA, a .880 whip. And he also converted 40 of his 43 save opportunities. But one of my favorite stats for him he had an 096 batting average against on the road, and that led all of baseball minimum 20 innings pitched. Same goes for his OBP against, which was 158, and Woba against of 155. For some reason, Neftali Feliz was just on another level when he wasn't at home. Yeah, the, uh, like like Greg Maddox in 1995. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Vlad Guerrero, at age 35, still hit 300, 345, 496, 841, 29 home runs and 115 RBIs. Out of eight qualified DHs that year, he was the only one to hit 300. And also his 9.3 strikeout percentage was ninth in all of baseball. And CJ Wilson had a 3.35 ERA, which ranked 10th in the American League. And the team overall had a 3.93 ERA, which ranked 4th in the American League. 
So that leads them into going into the American League Division Series where they have to face the Tampa Bay Rays. And in game one, it was uh, it was heavy pressure early on where Cliff Lee was their, uh, was their game one starter. And he had to get himself out of a jam. And, but after that jam, it was all, it was lights out for Cliff Lee. Here are the numbers combined between Seattle and Texas. 10 strikeouts for every walk Cliff Lee issues, and that's a remarkable number. And here he was healthy all year, played 154 games for the Rays, and a big swing and a miss there. And Lee, that's the first strikeout of his outing, crowd number one. Pena strikes out looking. Huge strikeout for Lee, and there's two down in the first inning. In the season over the past five years. Swing and a miss, and Cliff Lee gets out of a major jam in the first inning. One, two, is strike three to Shopping. He's getting the arms out of the way as Welke rings him up. It's the fourth strikeout for Cliff Lee, one down here in the second. Bartlett strikes out looking. Our guy, Jason Bartlett. Pena takes the one, two for strike three. He struck out for the second time in this game. But it's not the first time as Baldelli strikes out. The last run he gave up was unearned thanks to the error at second base by Sean Rodriguez. Who takes the one two for strike three. Eighth strikeout for Cliff Lee and there's two down in the fifth inning. It's again a three two pitch to Evan Longoria. And a swing and a miss. Longoria strikes out. It's the ninth strikeout for Cliff Lee and there's two down in the sixth inning. Good game here in game one so far as Pena down by way of the K for the third time in this game. Tenth strikeout for Lee. 5-0 Texas through six. It was all Cliff Lee in game one of the American League Division Series. Put his team in a spectacular spot. And uh, his final line for the day was seven innings pitched, five hits, one run, no walks, and ten strikeouts uh benji molina and nelson cruz both homered and route to a five to one texas rangers win to go up in the series one game to nothing then in game two the rangers were up two to no, two to nothing in the fifth inning and they had a chance to put the game away uh but you know they were trying to put the game away with the eight nine one hitters uh in the order Let's see how they were able to do in this situation. To start the inning. And he did. And he gets hit again. Second time that he's been struck by a James Shields pitch, and he's down to first base to begin the inning the same way the third inning began. Gets the bun down to third. Longoria gets to it quickly and fires to second for the force out there. So it works against the Rangers that time as Longoria right down the line was there to retrieve it quickly. Got to him quickly. Swings at the 2-0 and sends it through the hole on the left side into left field. A base hit as Bourbon moves up to second base on the second hit of the game for Elvis Andrews. Team has gone down on to only four of escaped. Did he go? No. Terry Mills, first base umpire, says he did not. Yeah, James Shields. And the Rays think he did. Full count. 3-2 pitch to Young. 
in the air to center field. B.J. Upton is going back towards the track at the wall. That ball is gone. A three-run home run for Michael Young, and the Rangers open this one up on top five to nothing. Michael Young gets another chance after it appeared he went around and hits a three-run home run to put the Rangers on top five to nothing. Jim Wolf has tossed Joe Madden from this game. One plate umpire was out there to break up the conference, and now Joe Madden's going to tell him what he thinks about that. What appeared to be missed call. And a frustrated Joe Madden, no doubt, by the way this series is going, and it boils over here. Now, a base hit to right field for Josh Hamilton on the first pitch that he sees from Chad Qualls. Chopper up the middle. Rodriguez in the backhand will dive to the bag to tag it for the out just ahead of Josh Hamilton who was arriving there. Called a foul ball. Nelson right side vacated right side and it will find its way into right field. Guerrero goes first to third and the throw is cut off. The Rangers have runners at the corners with two down in the inning as Nelson Cruz comes up with his second hit of the game. There goes the runner at first as Kinsler sends it into left field, a base hit. Guerrero will score from third base, and the Rangers take a 6-0 lead. So a two-out RBI single for Ian Kinsler, and he picks up his second hit of the game as Texas on top 6-0. So that pretty much puts the game away for the Texas Rangers. And uh, they end up winning the game exactly uh, exactly as it was left in the fifth inning. They went six to nothing, and the Rangers as a team only gave up two hits uh, all game, and they held the Rays hitless in the last seven innings. Mm -hmm. Then in game three, the Rangers were up two to one after seven innings and were on the brink of winning their first playoff series in franchise history. The wheels, the wheels on the bullpen, however, fell off, and the Rays scored five runs in the eighth and ninth combined. Uh, Carlos Pena contributed three of those RBIs. Look at that. And the Rays ended up winning six to three. Then, in Game Four, the Rays went up three, uh, went up three to nothing, on RBIs from Matt Joyce, Carlos Pena, and B.J. Upton. And then uh, Evan Longoria, the player's best team, or the the team's best player, not the player's mm -hmm. best team, the team's best player. I mean, Evan, hey, his, he had his best years with the Rays, so it was the player's best team, essentially. Yeah, yeah. In the air to left field. David Murphy going back at the wall. That ball is gone. Evan Longoria hits a two-run home run, and the Rays take a 5-0 lead. Evan Longoria, who was extremely quiet in this series until the fourth inning of game four, he doubled in the fourth, and he hits a two-run shot here in the fifth. Joe Matt felt like... So Evan Longoria breaks the game open with that two-run homer going up 5 five to nothing. And uh, that was pretty much 
the game for the Rays and the Rangers, and the Rays won that game, making it tied. A winner-take-all game in Game 5. Cliff Lee versus David Price once again. And this is pretty much the biggest game in the history of the Texas Rangers. I mean, it's a winner-take-all game in the playoffs. The Rangers didn't have a lot of these opportunities in their you know 50-year history at the time. So the ball goes to Cliff Lee. And, uh, you know, Cliff Lee wasn't much different than he was in game one, which is a good thing for the Rangers. Has a spectacular performance, as you're about to see. A warrior in this moment and proved, proven by his postseason stats. Swing and a miss. Off balance swing for Pena. He strikes out. It's the first K for Cliff Lee. The one-two, the breaking ball is in there for strike three. That's in there for strike three, and it's back-to-back case for Lee. He's starting to find his bearings right now. There's two down in the fourth inning. Johnson strikes out. Lee strikes out the side. Pena, Upton, and Johnson. Swing and a miss. Strikes out. It's five Ks for Lee, and there's two down in the fifth. Strike three call. Zobra strikes out at six Ks for Lee. Haney with a swing and a miss strikes out for the third time tonight. Strike three call. He knew it, and he takes with him the eighth strikeout for Cliff Lee. One two to Rodriguez. Is strike three. Ninth strikeout for Lee. He's through seven. His Rangers have a 3-1 lead at the end of seven. Went around. Got briefly away from Molina, who will fire down to first for the out. And it's strikeout number 10 for Cliff Lee. Longoria strikes out. It's the 11th strikeout for Lee. One down in the ninth inning. Upton pops it up. Left side, Elvis Andrus is backpedaling. He is under it. He puts it away. And the Texas Rangers have won a postseason series for the first time in franchise history. And move on to the American League Championship Series to face the New York Yankees. So the Rangers are heading to the American League Championship Series. And, you know, uh, Cliff Lee was spectacular. Cliff Lee was spectacular, obviously. Stayed in the whole game. Complete game. Six hits, one run. Zero walks once again. And 11 strikeouts. Had a game score of 82. Biggest offensive highlight. I know you didn't see any highlights from there because there wasn't a lot of them. Uh, Ian Kinsler had a had an insurance two-run home run in the ninth mm-hmm. inning. Ian Kinsler, by the way, maybe the best offensive player of that series. Had a 4.44 average, 500 on base percentage, 9.44 slugging for a 14.44 OPS. Uh, also, to go with that, three home runs and six RBI in those five games. Nelson Cruz also spectacular, 400, 400, 950, 1350. Uh, Benji Molina hit 3.57 with a 9.29 OPS. Cliff Lee, obviously spectacular, went 2-0 with a 1-1-3 ERA uh, in 16 innings pitched. Also, 21 strikeouts. 
in those 16 innings pitched. C.J. Wilson went six and a third scoreless innings in his uh, in his postseason victory in Game Two. He allowed two hits uh, to go along with seven strikeouts. Colby Lewis also, you know, he didn't get any victories, but he still had a uh, had five scoreless innings in the game that he pitched in. So hopefully he can carry that momentum into the American League Championship Series. So now the Rangers are in the ALCS facing the New York Yankees. And if there's one team where it's fitting for this Rangers team to face, it's this New York Yankees team. In every Rangers playoff appearance ever up until this point, it had resulted in them losing to the Yankees in the first round. And it wasn't even competitive. They lost to the Yankees in 1996, 1998, and 1999. And the Rangers went a combined one and nine in those series. That was their record. They only won one out of 10 games. So now we're in game one. CC Sabathia is on the bump for the Yankees. And Josh Hamilton comes up looking to give Texas the electric start to the series that they need. One, two. That ball's hit down the line and right and deep and gone. If that music doesn't get you fired up, Chris, I don't know what's going to. I'm ready to run through a brick wall, wall for this team just after hearing that anthem after the Hamilton home run. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's big time. I mean, it should be a back-to-back home run every time because yeah. the player after that should, should hit one immediately. Just hearing that music alone. So the Rangers end up getting two more runs in the fourth on a Josh Hamilton double, of course, because who else? The Rangers uh, had the game all but one. And C.J. Wilson was dominating through seven. And then the eighth inning rolled around, and the tides turned a bit. <laughs> Which Baron Oliver did not appreciate. And look at that hustle play by Brett Gardner. Wilson looks at Gardner, and now comes to Jeter. That ball well hit. Fair ball into the corner and left. Gardner is around third as the ball gets away from Murphy. And the Yankees are down five to two. Runners at first and second with nobody out. Rodriguez is 0 for 3 with a couple of strikeouts. That ball hit like a bullet past Michael Young. That'll score Jeter. Here comes Swisher. It's a one-run game. Right back up the middle. This is going to tie the game. Teixeira scores. Rodriguez to third. It's 5-5. Shattered his bat. And the Yankees have the lead. Mind you, Chris, that entire comeback all happened with no outs. Yeah, no out was recorded. Not, not a single like sigh of relief for the Rangers. Like it all just happened just like that. Mm. 
And the Yankees end up winning that game 6-5, to five, taking a lot of momentum from that game. So now we're in game two. And after last night's debacle, the Rangers needed another way to get a momentous start and turn the tables once again. So now let's enter Elvis Andrews into this equation here. Here had a chance to score early. We'll see if he can get a hit off Hughes. Hamilton running. The throw by Posada. They've got him hung up. And now back to the plate. And Andrews is going to score. Not the straight steal of home, but a steal of home nonetheless. As the Texas Rangers on the board. This is a mistake by Jorge Posada. What you have to do on this play is you have to look to third first. You have to look to runner back at least with one glance, and then you can proceed to second. He never looked at the runner, proceeded straight to second base. As soon as Andrews saw that he did not look at him, he came down that line. Too much speed for Andrews not to score. So that's an exciting play to start the game, but, you know, the announcer said you got to look to third base there and make sure Andrews isn't going. There was two outs. They could have just tagged Josh Hamilton right there, no? Like, they had him cooked. Yeah, if there was two out, like, what? I mean, he was right there, too. It wasn't yeah, like... Yeah, he was right there. You could have just tagged him and ended the inning. Yeah, if there was two outs, right? I, I, yeah, wasn't I, I watched this a bunch of times. There were two outs when that happened. That is, wow. Josh Hamilton, he just stood there, like, five feet from the bag, and they threw home. And they didn't even come close to getting him. Like, I wonder if Cano was aware of – I think Posada was aware of the situation. but Yeah, so the next inning, it was David Murphy's turn to contribute to this game. David Murphy coming up to the plate. Yes. Shot to right, back toward that wall. Swisher looks up, and it's gone. So there it is. David Murphy puts them up two to nothing, and the Rangers scored again in the inning later in that inning on a Michael Young double, and two more in the third on doubles by Michael Young and Benji Molina. The Rangers won seven to two. Josh Hamilton in this game went zero for one with four walks, two of them being intentional. So this is a very this is a very walks friendly show because we just did two hours on Barry Bonds and Josh Hamilton. By the way, he walked a lot, and in game three. You have Josh Hamilton facing the Yankee Stadium short porch, so you already know that trouble's coming. Yeah, this is this is some equation for sure. Mm -hmm. Deep right by Hamilton, back toward that wall, and the Rangers are on the board.
Josh Hamilton has two hits in this series, and they've both gone deep. Watching him in BP today, he was launching pitch after pitch over the wall. And what makes him so difficult to pitch to, he didn't even get that ball. That was off the end of the bat, and he was able to flip it over that right field wall. Just like the announcer said, just able to flip it over the wall. And if that's not tough enough, you have Cliff Lee on the other side of that baseball looking to shut you down. Battle on his hands. I know his statistics are incredible, but that Yankee lineup, you've got to have to, they'll wear you down. The first strikeout of the night for Cliff Lee. And Rodriguez caught looking. And he is Cliff Lee's third strikeout victim. This guy gets tougher and tougher the second and third time through the order. And there is strikeout number four. The Yankees, because they're going to use A.J. Burnett, only used to bat uh, twice in the series. Only one more time, though. out but the ball gets away Molina the first he struck out his first time and he struck out again to end the fifth and Lee gets him swinging for the second time tonight one down there is strikeout number 11 at least one in every inning Posada headed for the dugout in what was the best New York scoring opportunity of the night. And there is strikeout number 13. Cliff Lee dominates in the Bronx. His line, eight innings pitched, two hits, zero runs, one walk, and 13 strikeouts. His game score was 90. The 2-0 two, the two score after the Hamilton home run would hold until the Rangers scored six in the ninth. They win 8 to nothing. Now they're up two games to one in the series. So now we're in game four. The Yankees are clinging to a 3-2 lead in the sixth inning after a single for Vlad and a flyout moving him to second. The Yankees intentionally walk David Murphy so that they can instead pitch to Benji Molina. Guys in that series. And this ball is driven along the line and left. It's deep by the pole. And that ball is gone. Yeah! Benji Molina has struck again. And he said, take that. Fastball supposed to be down and away. First ball hitting his Molina. Deep into the night in left field. Incredible how that ball stayed fair. It was an inside fastball. So if that home run isn't already tough enough for Yankee fans to suffer through, you can't forget Josh Hamilton is also on the team that you are currently facing. You're not done there.
You don't stop at Benji Molina. You got to get through Josh Hamilton. Throw some pellets too. That ball is hit a mile high and deep to right. Tim's is back at the track, at the wall, and it's gone. Josh Hamilton has homered for the third time in this series. And it's six to three. This is up there, Ron, forever. Fastball, middle, middle. Tim's with a valiant try. No need for controversy on that one. That ball is hit right on the screws for right center field and into the bullpen. His second home run of the night. Listen, Ron, as the bat boy handed him the bat or bring him to the bat. Wonder boy. <laughs> and lightning. And rain. And there it is. He goes deep twice in the game. The Rangers win 10-3, to and they're now one game away from the World Series. So now in game five, the Yankees took facing elimination in their own house pretty seriously as they scored five runs in the first three innings, including back-to-back -back home runs by Nick Swisher and Robinson Cano. The Yankees win the game 7-2. to They send the series back to Texas. So now it's game six. The game is tied 1-1 to -one in the fifth inning, and Mitch Moreland leads off the bottom of the fifth with a single and later moves to third on two straight grounders. The Yankees then intentionally walk Josh Hamilton, smart move, uh, which would be his second of three intentional bases on balls of the night. And the next batter was Vlad Guerrero. Lolo hit hard to center. Landerson back. He won't get there. That ball is off the wall. One run scores. Here comes the throw. There will be no throw to the plate. After Vlad, of course, was Nelson Cruz. Nelson, you got to get that song going again. Well, one, two. That ball is drilled. Granderson on his horse. That ball is gone.
So the Rangers are now up 5-1 to one in the game. And later on in the ninth, it was up to rookie of the year, Neftali Feliz, to close it out and send the Rangers to the Fall Classic. I'm going to venture to say we will see 100 miles an hour in this inning before it's over. Wide of first, Feliz gets over there. Nice play by Morgan. Two down, one out away. The Texas Rangers are American League champions. And there it is. The Texas Rangers are going to the World Series for the first time in franchise history. Josh Hamilton, of course, wins ALCS MVP. He slashed 350, 536, 1,536 in the series. He had four home runs, seven RBIs, and eight walks, five of which were intentional. Nelson Cruz at 350, 435, 800, 1235 with two home runs and five RBI. David Murphy had a 950 OPS. Benji Molina had a 313 average and a 915 OPS. Mitch Moreland went 7 for 18. That's a 389 average. Also, Michael Young and Nelson, uh, Michael Young and Elvis Andrews both went 9 for 27. That's a 333 average. Colby Lewis went 2 and 0 with a 198 ERA, 13 strikeouts in 13 and two thirds innings. Neftali Feliz pitched three innings of zero run baseball. Derek Holland, another youngster. Five and two-thirds innings out of the pen, zero earned runs. And Cliff Lee, his game three line, uh, which I mentioned earlier, was his con contributions to the series. So now the Rangers are in uncharted territory. They are in the World Series facing another team with a drought in the San Francisco Giants. And in game one, well, the Rangers lost a slugfest. It was 11-7. to The Giants won. Cliff Lee got roughed up for six earned runs in four and two-thirds innings pitched. He gave up and he gave up two runs in the third. The Rangers gave up two runs in the third, six in the fifth, and three in the eighth. So the Giants win that first game. They're up one nothing. In game two, it was a tight 2 nothing Giants lead in the eighth. Matt Kane was lights out for San Francisco, and the Rangers had to try and keep it close and come back late. However, a rotating carousel of relief pitchers gave up seven runs in the bottom of the eighth, and the Giants won 9 to nothing. So now the Giants are up 2-0 going into Texas. And now in game three, in the second inning, the bottom of the second, Nelson Cruz doubles and Benji Molina walks, making way for rookie Mitch Moreland, trying to make his mark. Well, that'll put runners at the corners with two out. Leave it in the lap of the rookie first baseman Moreland. Mitch will walk to the plate three for five in this World Series. Uh, dealing with the left-hander, Sanchez. Ball one up and in. Sanchez deals, and now he's getting a little wide. Sanchez trying to throw a strike. And Moreland was ready for one, but jerks it foul. 
pulled the trigger too soon. Inside corner, two and two. And a big pitch there for Sanchez. Oh, a 2 2. And the weight on it, breaking ball, and off the hands, fouled out of play. Had to talk the organization out of that. Pretty good start to 2009. A 2-2. Good at bat. Another foul. Moreland hits one to right. Three-run shot. Three-nothing Texas. take a three-run lead. So Mitch Moreland battles his way into a home run in that bat. Josh Hamilton also homered. And Colby Lewis went seven and two-thirds innings pitched, five hits, two runs, two walks, and six strikeouts. The Rangers won four to two. Now in game four, Madison Bumgarner from the Giants started his path to postseason legend status by pitching eight shutout innings. And quite simply, the Giants won four to one. So the Giants are now up 3-1 to one in the series. And in Game 5, Tim Lincecum and Cliff Lee were in the midst of a pitcher's duel. 0-0 after 6. After Cody Ross and Juan Uribe singled, Edgar Renteria stepped up to the plate, trying to give the Giants the lead. The 2-0 is hit high in the air to left center field. Back is Murphy on the run! Three-run home run to Rio and a 3-0 San Francisco lead in the seventh. Burrow, you can understand pitching to it. I don't know about Renteria. Number five. So Edgar Renteria puts the Giants up three to nothing. Nelson Cruz hit a solo home run the next inning, but it wasn't enough. The Giants won the game three to one, and they won the World Series. The Rangers, as a team, hit 190, 259, 288, 546 during the series. The only key offensive contributor was Mitch Moreland, who hit 462, 533, 769 with a 1303 OPS. Also, Neftali Feliz throughout the postseason, a 123 ERA and 11 Ks in 7.1 innings pitched. Also, a 120, 267, 240, 507 slash line against. So, Chris, this team did not win the World Series, but they put the Rangers on the map as a franchise. They also established Josh Hamilton to be one of the premier power hitters of the league. And also, I think Cliff Lee doesn't really get enough credit for how good he was before the World Series that year. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, Cliff Lee, 
Hopefully he definitely earns some, some extra dollars. Uh, yeah. With his, you know, the world, the world series didn't take away from what he was able to do in game one of the ALDS game five of the ALDS and game three of the ALCS. I mean, that outweighed anything that happened in the world series. Absolutely. I mean, this team, you know, a lot of people, when they think the Rangers, they, they think 2011, they think, you know, they were so close. And, you know, with this team, when I chose it, I looked at, like, the, the, the stories, first of all, Josh Hamilton, his year, obviously. But, you know, this was sort of the coming of age for this franchise. And this was the start of it all, essentially. You know, Neftali Feliz establishing himself. I know it was pre-Beltre, but, you know, still, there were a lot of guys on this team that didn't get a lot of recognition from a national standpoint beforehand. Even, you know, Vlad, you know, I know Vlad is obviously a Hall of Famer. But even at age 35, he was still crushing the ball. Nelson Cruz was doing really well. Michael Young, of course, and, you know, the pitching tandem of C.J. Wilson and Colby Lewis. There are a lot of really good names on this team that don't get a lot of attention. Yeah, yeah. You know, 2010 Rangers definitely don't get as much attention. And honestly, it it set up for, you know, how tragic 2011 was because, you know, yeah. they got they got back twice in a row. You know, 2010 was kind of a, a setup for, for 2011, but they – they couldn't pull through but nonetheless this was an this is a fascinating team to cover I'm really glad I picked this one and Chris I'm sure you enjoyed talking about it as well for you listeners I hope you enjoyed listening that's going to do it for the 2010 Texas Rangers intriguing team nonetheless even if they lost and it is now time for our favorite part of the show Chris I am picking first this week I believe yes uh by the way I mean I'll, I'll just do a brief <laughs> summary of what we're doing there's no baseball going on right now. Usually we're talking MLB news, but instead we've decided to pick 30 players and 30 teams to talk about, uh, I guess, in 30 weeks, uh, if, there's no, if there's no season going on. Um, and, uh, you know, each player is assigned a random number. Each team is assigned a random number. I pick a number and whatever team is assigned to that number, that's the, num- that's the team we're going to be talking about. Whatever number Daniel picks, that's the player we're going to be talking about for the next week. And uh, after every uh, every five episodes, we we narrow down uh, our list, you know, ex- excluding all the players we've already done. So mm-hmm. now we are picking numbers one through twenty. Daniel, what player are we going to be talking about next week? We're going to do player number twelve. Player number twelve. It is another player from. Are playing in the Bay Area. Okay. It is, uh, you know, one of the one of the wildest players in baseball history. I think I know who you're talking about. The all-time leader in stolen bases. That's right, Ricky Henderson. I Ricky love Henderson. it. I love it. People forget he could hit too. He had a he had an above a thousand season in OPS a bunch of times too. I love it. Yeah, there were. Uh, I remember when we were talking. Um, when we were talking Joe Morgan, mm-hmm. there was a lot of like seasons where only Joe Morgan and Ricky Henderson did it. So you know, yep. Ricky Henderson was always in the way uh, on some of those on some of those stats with Joe Morgan. So yeah, he was the ultimate guy of you know production in the batter's box, and then you know once he got on base, he was always a threat. Over a hundred, over a thousand career stolen bases. Only one to do that, and he ended up getting fourteen hundred. So yeah. So yeah. So but anyway, your turn. 
my turn. The team that we are going to be talking about is uh, we're going to go team number 17. Number 17 is one of the most intriguing teams in recent history. Chris, we've talked about this team a few times on this show. It is the World Series champion, 2015 Royals. Yeah, buddy. Mm-hmm. We got Low Kane. We got Mike Moustakis. We got Eric Hosmer. We got Johnny Cueto. I'll see this Escobar. We got some names on this team. They were resilient, and they never say di- said die, and they won the World Series. Yeah, that is uh, that's big time. I'm really happy we're we're doing this because mm-hmm. I, I yeah. you know, the, in my uh, in like my baseball memory, 2015 is kind of a blur. So I'm I'm just this is our uh, first this is our first team of the Statcast era. First team of the Statcast era. That's correct. Yeah, that we've done. So yeah, I'm looking forward to to reliving this uh, to reliving reliving this Royals team because they mm-hmm. definitely deserve uh, deserve this recognition for sure. I agree. So that leads to the end of the show, the end of the whole episode. It was a long one, and that yeah, that leads to the end of episode forty. If you are listening on spotify or apple podcasts and you want to watch the videos with us check out our youtube channel subscribe to the youtube channel you know thumbs up all that smash that like button as uh, as all the youtubers like to say yeah um, go to stbnl with christiana and daniel curran just like the title of the of, of it on spotify and apple it's the same thing on youtube if you want to follow me on social media uh, go to at Chris underscore Gianta on Twitter. If you want to follow Daniel on Twitter, it's at Daniel underscore Curran. Mm-hmm. Same spelling, same everything. No numbers, just an underscore in between. First and last name for both of us. We hope you enjoyed us talking about Barry Bonds and the 2010 Rangers. And we will be looking forward to seeing you next Wednesday when we are talking about Ricky Henderson and next Friday when we are talking about the 2015 Royals. See you next week.